What's up, everybody? It's Kaysen, and thank you for tuning in into this episode of Hey Kids, This is Sports Talk with Kaysen. Before we get started, I would like to announce a couple big changes here happening at the podcast. Drum roll, please. (laughs) That's what I got. Okay. (laughs) First, I will be starting sixth grade, so unfortunately, the fifth grader will no longer be in the house. (laughs) And second of all, I will be officially changing the name of the podcast from Hey Kids, This is Sports Talk to, drum roll again. Oh, another one? Uh-huh. Hey kids, this is Titans Talk with Kaysen, an unofficial Tennessee Titans podcast. Nice. Big high five for that one. Joining me today, my co-host, my mom. What's up, Kaysen? Thank you for having me back in our virtual studio, and I hope you liked all of the sound effects I provided. They were amazing. Yep, they were. <laughs> Actually, no, they weren't. <laughs> I know they're really bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we are basically out of hiatus. Our last episode was recorded at the beginning of April this year, 2020. And now we're at the beginning of August of 2020. And you and your bro are going to be headed back to school. And that's virtual. And, you know, we're just still doing our best in the pandemic, social distancing and staying safe. So thank you for having me back in the studio. I love you. Love you too. You're welcome. But I want to thank you, listener, for tuning into my show today. This episode is the fourth of my series called My Life Ash, where I get to talk with people who have cool jobs in the world of sports. If you missed my last few episodes, be sure to check them out. In my last episode, I got to interview the voice of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Keith, and that was an awesome experience. Unbelievable. My favorite part out of the whole thing was the whole thing. It was just really cool. I agree with you 100%. So we have a very special guest that joined us recently in the virtual studio. He loves the Titans almost as much as I do. In a non-COVID world, he's the Tennessee Titans game day host at Nissan Stadium and is the best hype man in the NFL. He's here to chat about his role in the Titans and share a little insight about football in the world of COVID-19. Our conversation with Lance was so much fun and he's, you know, he's so encouraging And also, too, he is such a good hype man. After our conversation, dude, I'm ready to watch some football. I am, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, yes, let's go. Uh, But anyway, remote podcasting. And so our audio with our remote podcasting, just listener, if you hear a little bit of, you know, Zoom, I call it the Zoom electronic voice. Uh, But there's a little bit of that. But other than that. Or the Zoom voice. Yeah, the Zoom voice. (laughs) The voice. I love it. If you like this show, please subscribe so you can stay updated with new episodes and let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy our conversation with Lance Smith. My guest today has a job as the hype man for more than 60,000 fans every other Sunday in the fall. He also hosts a weekly TV show with one of the greatest running backs in the history of the NFL. He loves the Titans as almost as much as I do. He's the one, the only, Lance Smith, game day host for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yeah. Woo. I've been waiting to hear that. Show, horn. Lance, thank you so much for being here. Kason, thank you so much for having me. I'm impressed uh, at, at this, this whole concept you've put together, this show. I'm impressed at your professionalism, and uh, I am taking notes. Wow, thank you. <laughs> I'm learning from you. Nice. <laughs> 
we met you before a game in the Players' Tunnel at Nissan Stadium last fall when we were waiting for the Titans to take the field. I got to give high fives and fist bumps to Ben Jones, Roger Saffold, Kamele Correa, and Taylor Lewan. That was an incredible experience. And it must be awesome being a part of that on game days. The whole tunnel experience that you were a part of, I get to walk through because that's how I, I I make my entrance to the field. Not as grand as they do. I just sneak out before or after they do. But that whole experience for for season ticket holders that get down there, it is just to be that close to them. It's eye-opening. It's awe-inspiring. They're modern-day gladiators, and I'm really... I'm glad that you got to experience it that way. Um, I don't know what you get from it, but I mean, I've been with the team now five, six seasons and, you know, I get goosebumps when I see a bunch of grown men and tights and pads <laughs> taking the field. I mean, cause yeah. they are, they're, they're warriors. So uh, I yeah. totally know where you're coming from, Kaysen. And I, I'm, I feel the same way. My fandom oozes when I'm down there. Right. Yeah. And honestly, before the, before um, it was, I think it was against the bills. Wasn't it against the bills? When we went through the tunnel, I believe so. Yeah, you said that you uh, that you had a surprise. I was like, "Oh, what is it?" And so then, but she's like, "We have to go down to it." So I was like, "Uh, what?" So we went down there, and when I we were in the, and and I saw that we were going through the players' tunnel, I I freaked out. It was so awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. It's just to know not just that those guys are taking the field, but that's the path over twenty years that all of our Titans greats have walked. Uh, to take the field, you know, Steve and Eddie, all those guys. Um, so it's a, it's a neat experience. I'm glad you got it. Yeah. That yeah, was, was amazing. That was awesome. Yeah. I watched the video just the other day and I was like, wow, it, it just, well, first of all, like you said that they're warriors mm-hmm. and it's to see them up close. They're Taylor Gawan, especially <laughs> he's a that dude, big boy. he's a big man. He's a big man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And much respect for all of the things that they do and all of the gear that they have to wear. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Examining the gear up close, it's like, holy crap, and you're going to run and Derrick Henry and you're going to run 99 yards carrying football and, you know, head to toe, pad it up. And yeah, it's, it's funny because Derek on TV, because of his size, doesn't look as, um, doesn't appear in his running stride to be sort of as, I don't want to say, I guess menacing and punishing, but those up close shots. And when you see him truck over defenders, like, you know, he's menacing and it is, it, he is a beast of, of a man, but you're right. And pads and stuff. I mean, every time I'm near those guys, it's intimidating. I mean, uh, Dion Lewis is not on the team anymore, but last season uh, I interviewed him uh, post game and, you know, he's shorter than I am, but yes, in those pads, I'm, I'm highly intimidated. By <laughs> right. This guy. Yeah. It's and he's awesome. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you were growing up? When I was a kid, what did I want to be? That's a good question, Kason. Um, it's been so long since I was a kid. But you know what? I, I wanted to be all things at all times. I really did. It was like every other um, every other weekend I had a new, hey, mom, I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that. I think for, the lo- for a long stretch from like probably nine to 12, uh, I wanted to be a marine biologist and I wanted to study sharks because I was really fascinated by all types and mannered breeds of sharks. Sharks are my thing. Um, but I'm terrified of open water. So that, that makes for a terrible marine biologist. 
Uh, and I learned that you had to like know all sorts of other things about the ocean and the ecosystem to then study sharks. And I, my lazy self was like, I just want to do sharks. So I skipped that. Uh, what else did I want to do? Sharks was a big thing for me. Um, you know what? That was it. <laughs> I think that was the last thing I, I remember as a child wanting to be something like a, I was really into. And then uh, I wanted to be an actor when I was in high school. So I went from sharks to acting. And it's not a big stretch. <laughs> That's a cool transition. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your favorite shark when you were a kid? Oh, look at you with the follow-up. No way you pre-planned that. Uh, favorite shark, the Mako, because they were super strong and super fast. The fastest. Big fan of the Mako shark. Also the goblin shark, a rare one. Very ugly. Nightmare inspiring. It was nightmare fuel, wasn't it? <laughs> It was, still is. Google goblin shark and then don't sleep. (laughs) We have a resident shark expert, Trevin, younger brother, could uh, go toe-to-toe with you, I think, on the shark knowledge. Oh, that's another podcast waiting to happen. Yeah, totally. We'll make it happen. Next shark week. (laughs) Did you love sports or play sports when you were growing up? I have always loved football. Always loved the NFL especially. Um, I didn't play any sports until I was older in high school. I played soccer. Uh, I was on a travel team for a few years and I loved it. You know, the team experience. I really love playing soccer. I don't really care to watch it, but it's a fun game to play. And, uh, yeah, just as far as my fandom goes, it was always football and I moved too much and was, I was the smallest kid in my class constantly. I finally grew out when I graduated high school. Um, even then didn't get too big. Uh, so I never really, I never played football, but I've always loved it. So football's always been in my blood and, um, yeah, just love pro football. That's my thing. How old were you when you decided you wanted to be an actor? You know what? I started acting in the church, Grassland Heights, shout out to Grassland Heights Baptist church down there in Franklin. I started acting there. The Grassland Heights Baptist church, uh, put on the passion play. And that was a big thing for me. I worked in that and I really fell in love with just the, the performance aspect and the show. And, and I, I saw it from there. And then I, I got really into film at 16, 17. And so I think when I was 17 years old, senior year of high school, I made the decision that I wanted to act. It was also a way to present to my parents that I didn't want to go to college right away. <laughs> so I told my parents that I said, hey, I, I think I'm going to forego the college thing and I'm going to give acting a shot. And when they got done laughing, uh, my mom said, okay, here's the deal. Uh, you have two years, because I was 17 when I graduated. She, has, she said, you have two years to prove that you can do something in this industry. My mother saw it as a bigger thing, a bigger scope than just being an actor. You know, She said, you got two years to do something in this industry. And if you can't do anything with those two years, you're about to go into college. So that was the deal we made. And I got busy quickly and I, I jumped right into the business. So to my mother's dismay, I was successful in the entertainment industry and have yet to go to college. I'm sorry, mom. I'm sure she's still really proud. She is. She is. But, you know, college. Come on, go to college, y'all. Go to college. That's all I'm saying. So what shows or movies did you star in? Man, I've, the only thing I've ever really starred in is just in my own mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the short of it is, I, so I, growing up in Nashville with, you know, country music television being sort of at the time the main hub of entertainment there in town uh, and country music videos, that's what I first jumped into. So I did, I did, I you know, had lead roles in some random music videos for up and coming artists 
And uh, out of that, then I moved to Los Angeles and it was just, you know, I was an extra on every show you could imagine. All the sitcoms from back in the day did lots of extra work just to get a feel for what big sets were like. And one thing led to another and I, I fell into hosting right away. So hosting and acting are, are close because you're on camera hosting, you're delivering straight to camera, you're breaking that fourth wall, you know, you're reaching the audience and, and with acting, you're having to ignore that fourth wall, ignore the audience. You're supposed to just live in the moment. They're two different things. And I was just really good at on camera, teleprompter, things like that. So at 22, uh, I got my big break with CMT there in Nashville. So it's funny. I, I started on music videos, acting in music videos, and I moved to LA, do some jobs, learn the business. One thing leads to another, and then I'm back in Nashville for my big break, but on CMT as a as their face, as a host. And I did that for 10 years, and it led to a bunch of other things. Uh, but that was kind of, uh, that was my path, but still go to college. <laughs> <laughs> so as an extra, did, uh, did you have any lines, not, like even one line, or, or were you just the random person walking in the background to... Um, off screen. Yeah, extras they're they're props with heartbeats. Extras are they're moving furniture. There's no I mean sometimes you get what's called a featured extra role. And so so here's how it works. So when you're an extra case and you show up at set and you listen to the second assistant director, the second AD, who's actually very low on the totem pole in the grand scheme of all the people on a film set or TV set. But but if you're an extra, he's your boss and you listen to the second AD. And because they have a title like second assistant director, you think they're they're really somebody. So, you know, you're kind of kissing their butt a little bit and you're trying to get, you know, an upgrade. And the upgrade in that department, it's called a bump. And that's when maybe the director sees you as an extra, you know, walking from point A to point B before the thing starts and says, hey, I need, I need that person, and me, in my case, that guy, uh, to, to say this line to help the scene along because they'll realize in the moment something's not working. We need somebody to say, hey, can you say you want fries with that? You know, it's all, it's never anything good. It's never anything poignant. But so then you might get a speaking line and that's when you become a featured extra and your paycheck has an extra probably $40 in it. You know, it's, it's not glamorous, but I will say to any aspiring actors out there, I, I joke about the extra work, but you have to do it because you have to feel your way around the set. You have to know what's going on. It's a, it's a, it's a big machine, a film and TV set. And, and you really got to know how the parts work. Uh, I will say the highlight of my extra work in Los Angeles. I was in the last episode of Mad About You. Say on it. I was in the last episode of Mad About You. No way. Yeah, yeah. The very last one. And uh, it was directed by Helen Hunt. And it was amazing. So fast forward to now, Kaysen. I'm a director now on, on the side, outside of my Titans work. And I, I love directing because film and TV is a director's medium. It is their, it is their job. Not an actor's medium, a director's medium. And so Helen Hunt had everybody just listening to everything she said. She was totally in control. And she actually, I wasn't a featured extra, but she pulled me aside and said, hey, I like what you're doing here. Can you sit here and look at this point? And I need you to react. I mean, she directed me personally. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. Because at the time- That was a big deal. Yeah. And I was, you know, at the time I'm 19, maybe 20. And, uh, and watching her- in command of all these professionals and all these people and just the look on her face, she just knew exactly what she wanted and the way she made it happen. Um, that was kind of one of the sort of seeds of my career, really just that little moment of being a silly little extra on a silly little sitcom. But, um, Helen Hunt, uh, you know, in control inspired me. It's cool. 
Shout out to Helen Hunt. Shout out to Helen she'll Hunt. Be listening. <laughs> She's a <Hopefully>. huge Titans <laughs> fan. I I can imagine. <laughs> so, uh, exactly when did you start working for the Titans? So, uh, let's see. Six years ago, I'm working, and friends of mine called me. And so, Kason, so you'll what you need to know is the way the entertainment business works is it's very tight knit and through like six degrees of separation, everybody knows everybody. Well, my days at CMT had me working with a few guys who also worked behind the scenes for the Titans on game day. So those friends of mine uh, knew they had a sort of position open for me specifically because they knew the kind of energy I had on camera and they knew my passion for the team already. I mean, I've been a diehard. I'm, I was at the Miracle. I've been a diehard Titans fan since day one. And uh, I was there as a, as a fan. I wasn't doing the thing I do now. Anyway, they called me up and they said, they explained the position. And they said, we need you, need you to come up here if you can. And made it happen. So there wasn't exactly an audition. That was really just because I knew the guys that worked behind the scenes. And they knew me. And that's how a lot of these jobs happen. And uh, I just said, okay, I hope I don't screw it up. <laughs> Um, so as a game day host, what are your responsibilities on uh, game days? You know, it's funny because when I first got the job, Case, and they had me come up and they really just wanted me to do to break down the plays from around the NFL. So what happens on game day is actually a guy that I went to high school with. Shout out to Michael Henry, who works his butt off uh, in the belly of Nissan Stadium while the game is happening. It's torture because he sits behind, he sits next to a giant screen that's actually playing our game with no audio, uh, but he can't look at it because he has to watch the NFL red zone and watch every other game happening around the league. Oh, man. So, yeah, he doesn't get to watch our game, but he's a huge Titans fan, too. I mean, he peeks over it every now and then. But anyway, he's watching these plays, and then what he's doing is he is downloading them and editing them and to 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 show a highlight reel. So my day one was just supposed to be to break down those plays, and that was it. And my day one uh, at the stadium, you know, six years ago, it was Marcus Mariota's first game at home, our quarterback. Day one, he says, my boss at the time, Brian, hands me a mic and says, hey, would you mind doing this game on the field? So I was like, yeah, sure. I, I, okay. I wasn't planning on being in front of the crowd, you know, live on the field, but that's what, that's what happened. And now that's half of what I do. So I break down the plays in commercial breaks and then I also play silly fun games with the fans on the field. So that, so my game day duties are just that I run around and do what they tell me, but mainly uh, hit those commercial breaks and keep the crowd as pumped as I can. And you do an awesome job, in my opinion, I think. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I overdo it, I think. <laughs> no way. No. I have to ask a question. So what is your favorite game that you do from particularly last season? For our listener, if you're attending games at Nissan Stadium, you know, they have the fabulous games Lance just talked about. But what's your favorite? So the games that I play with the fans, with the contestants? Yeah. Gosh. Um... The Academy Sports game might be my favorite, I think. We've changed a lot out. I miss some of the old games. Um, I like doing physical stuff, but the Academy Sports is fun because it's, you know, high or low, and they usually get it, although there's been a couple people that haven't. I've really tried to dial them into it, but that's fun because the audience participates. So maybe maybe that one for me. What's your favorite? Um, there's so many. And, <laughs> there um, are so many. Well, he's thinking I'll share mine. Yeah, it's T Rack throwing the football into the bed of the Nissan Titan. Oh yeah, that's that <laughs> because one. Because it kills me every time you call him Trash Panda. 
I love calling him Trash Panda. I really do. It sounds so like derogatory and mean. It's so Guardians of the Galaxy. It is Guardians of the Yes, he's a Trash Panda. <laughs> it's a respect. Right. You he's know. funny. T-Rex gotten really good at throwing that football right in there. So the years past, uh, we always had the Nissan Score Big Challenge. Years past, it was always about fans catching the ball. And I really liked that. And when they told me that they were not going to do that last season, and it was going to be what it was, our trash panda tossing these, these Nerf footballs into the bed of the truck. And I was like, oh, okay, well, first of all, can he do it? And second of all, like, there's, what about that participation? But I got to tell you, our T-Rack is so good and so entertaining. It is. It's a fun moment. Huge shout out to T-Rack. Yeah. He's shout one of our BFFs. <laughs> he's a good dude. And he's really talented. And he does. He, he can hit it, I think, I think like eight times out of ten. Well, Kaysen has an experience, actually, from two seasons ago. It would have been the 2018-19 uh, season. Yeah. Tell, tell Lance your experience. Okay. It was against the Jets. Okay. I remember that game. Comeback win in the fourth quarter, right? Yep. Yeah. And it's hard to believe we almost lost to the Jets. Yeah. We, we like to keep it exciting. So I can't remember what it was called. It was sponsored by Shoe Carnival. Mm-hmm. I remember that. that. Shoe Carnival Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. We would have to put on Titans gear and run towards the other end of the end zone. I remember winning. Wait, 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 wait. You did that one? Because that's not a game that I participate in. I'm always getting ready for the hit. So I just watched that. But you, you did that? You won that one? Yeah. Dude, that's great. <laughs> I'm talking to a celebrity. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a celebrity. I would just, I would just call it a winner. Yeah, so how did it start? You started so it's north end zone. You start on the west side, so mm-hmm. closest to the tunnel where the where the players come out and you're running to the visiting side. Yeah. So what did you do? You started off, how did it go? Okay, so I would start off like how in, how you would in track right. uh get ready, then you would run. You first I think I think you would put on the shoes, shoes first, first, right? Yeah, and they're and they're giant. And they're then, like Lawan size would... shoes. Yeah. yeah. Check, um, I remember my brother was ahead of me, so I was like, "Oh no!" So I kept, so I kept running. I just, I just um, put the jersey on me. I remember couldn't seeing for a second, so I, but I just ran, put on the helmet, and then just wait. Was there pads? I think there was pads. I yeah, because it was almost like yeah. Get yeah. kind of a, almost a full uniform minus the britches. Yeah, got, got, no, got no time for britches. So, so then I yeah, um, except Jen Wyatt's britches report. <laughs> britches report exactly. Shout out to Jim Wyatt. <laughs> so okay, okay. So, so you're, you're you're racing your brother. That's the other thing. Bragging yeah. rights on the line. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that is awesome, man. I didn't. I to this day, I didn't know that. I've known you guys for a little bit now. I didn't know you. You that. What did you win? What did we get you? I won a coupon for shoe carnival. Oh, nice. Gift certificates. Yeah. Did mom yeah. get those shoes, or did you actually? Did mom take that? I bet she did. It's totally cool. <laughs> but you're right. It's your right as a parent. What does he want with shoe carnival? <laughs> Are you kidding? For as fast as these boys grow? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was true. grateful for the gift certificates. I'm like, that's thank true. you. They need new shoes. I think they were yeah. $250. I, I don't know. Oh, at shoe carnival? That, you know, that's like remember. half the store. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I don't remember like what the dollar that was. Shoes. I think only like like three pairs of shoes because they because shoes can be as expensive well, if you, apparently if you've got expensive taste cases i don't know <laughs> I mean, I, i've spent 20 dollars on my shoes right no that's fantastic that you i love that you did that game i didn't know that i'm glad you're now telling me i uh it's funny case and we we make those games especially with you got to put on the big shoes and the pads and all that and the helmet that you can't see we don't care who wins we just want you to fall not hurt yourself <laughs> not, not hurt. we want you safe but we want you running into things and tripping that's that's 
that's entertainment as a whole. It's really, you, you think that we, we, no, that is, that's what we want. We want silliness and we want you to be safe. So if I was five, then yeah, I might've done that, but no, but you're all athlete now. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's right. I love that story. Case. that's fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so how cool is it to host Titans blitz with the great Eddie George and how exactly do you prepare for the show before it starts airing? It, first of all, is an honor to sit next to the great Eddie George, as you say. Eddie is amazing. Eddie's exactly the guy that you expect him to be and then some. He is a, an incredible ambassador of the team, of the game. Um, and then it's just, you know, once you get past the off factor, because I've now hosted the show with him for five seasons, you know, he's just a real dude. And he loves the game of football. So hosting Titans Blitz with Eddie is a, is a huge highlight of mine. I've done a lot of things throughout my career, big nationally syndicated things, uh, you know, big, big stuff. Titans Blitz is not seen nationally, but I get more out of it personally as a fan of the game and as just a fan of, you know, the show itself. Uh, I get more out of that than I do half the things I've done in my career mainly because I am sitting next to Eddie. And we have a few other guys hop on. Mark Marion hops on. He's really great on on camera and on mic. Keith Bullock used to jump in a bunch. Shout out to uh, Chef Bully. So the show itself, from my fan perspective, it's just really great to be a part of. And, you know, I, I had mentioned, I'm directing now. I'm behind the camera. But I, so I, I really, I'm not seeking these on-camera jobs. And I don't, I don't see that as such. Like, it's not, a, okay, here's a job where I get to be on camera again. It's really, honestly, it is just half an hour of me sitting next to one of the greatest dudes that's ever played the game and breaking it down. So how do I get ready for the show? Honestly, you just, as a fan, you're just watching. That's it. You're just watching. You take mental notes. I take some literal notes. Uh, and then about an hour, well, I take it back. A day beforehand, uh, Donnie Van Cleef, producer of the show, uh, really puts it all together. And so we, we know sort of what we're talking about. And an hour before the show starts, Eddie and I, we do. We just sort of break it down and we throw some things away. It's like, you know, that's not worth digging into. Uh, let's talk about this. You know, what either of us might be itching to, to break down a subject we hammer that out, and uh, that's that's really how we prep for the show. Watch the game, love the game, take some notes, and let her fly. Yeah. We got to witness that show. Didn't oh we? yeah, I yeah, remember. You got to come to a show, right? Yeah, it was bef- it was Code yeah. Blue. Basically, what I'm saying is, you could do my job because you're a fan. You watch the game, break it down, sit next to Eddie. Done. I'm gonna have some sick days coming up, Case, and I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can do he it. He will be. <laughs> Opposite of that. <laughs> I say that every show. Oh, nice. So what's your favorite game day experience you had so far? What is my favorite game day experience? You mean as a, as a game day hype man? Yeah. That's tough. That is really tough. I don't know that I have one that just stands out in particular. Um, our salute to heroes, salute to service game that we have every season is pretty fantastic, pretty phenomenal. Because everybody that participates in my games on my games, like never mind, the games on field that I host, they're all service members. And so one thing that I, I do when I, because I'm sitting next to these people, these contestants, for a few minutes, sometimes like 20 minutes, because we can't control when the breaks come to us. And so I, you know, shoot the breeze with them. And I always ask the service members, you know, what made them want to want to sign up for our volunteer force? And the answers are, you know, they they range. But so that's one of my favorite things for me personally to do is just to talk to them about their service and, and to personally say thank you 
you know, off camera, not this like sort of moment, like obviously on behalf of the Titans, we say, thank you. I do that on camera. Uh, but just in a personal moment to stand next to somebody that has said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to protect you. Um, that's kind of a, it, it really puts me in my place as a, you know, on camera goofball. Cause I'm standing next to a, a real life hero. Uh, and then outside of that is just, it's getting to be up close on the sidelines a lot of times for great moments. Derek's 99-yard run. I was on the left side, you know, when that started off. I was on the visiting side, the side he ran down. Uh, that was cool. Uh, Chargers game last season, Chiefs game last season, you know, being there on the field when those big moments happen. So there's no there's no real one moment that stands out, but for, for that, uh, that personal sort of angle, uh, for me, it's the salute to service day. That's really cool. So wait, wait, was there... wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to ask you, I want to ask you, what is your favorite moment oh. that you've witnessed from your seats? Um, there is, from, from last season, there's a lot. So I did like, um, I did like the fumble at the last minute against the Chargers. Right. Wesley Woodyard stripped the ball. Casey gets it. Game, yeah, game over. Technically, that game changed for the Chargers and Titans. The, the Titans went on to go to the AFC Championship, of course. Well, the Chargers went, uh, went on to become 4-12. and 12. <laughs> We deflated them right in that moment, and you witnessed it. Um, I did like the moment against the Chiefs. That was cool. And when the Titans won, that showed that three of the four teams in the AFC South beat Kansas City. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Jacksonville got crushed. Indianapolis surprisingly won. Houston surprisingly won, and Tennessee barely won. How um, it was a good game. It was it was one of the most. It was one of the greatest games I've ever seen there at Nissan. But in the AFC Championship game, Kaysen, from your perspective, what should we or could we have done differently once the Chiefs found a way to stifle Henry? What do you think? Uh, hmm. I don't know that. Hmm. It's tough, right? I mean, they went on to win the Super Bowl, so they're obviously a good team. Yeah. But in that game, which we had a lead on, we were we were playing so strong. But Mahomes, Mahomes dust, that if that's a verb. He did his thing. Yeah. Honestly, I think what they could have done is that we could have, I know this sounds crazy, but sit Henry for a little bit, oh. give him time to, I don't know, like maybe warm up a little bit, re-energize, and then okay. when they least expect it, run Bring him, him back fresh run him down the field and and win and win the AFC championship. All right. I'm I'm texting your number to, to Arthur Smith, our offensive coordinator, right now. <laughs> Forward that on. Arthur, figured it out. It took it, it, it took all yep. off season, but we've got the answer. That's awesome, Casey. So was there a moment that stood out to you being a part of the Tennessee Titans run to the AFC title? Yeah, last season was a really storied season. I have absolute love admiration and respect for Mariota. Uh I think what happened with him was just a product of the, the sort of machine and gauntlet that he went through number of coaches, offensive coordinators, injuries, fan speculation like and he just handled it. He was the guy we needed for the time. I hate that it didn't work out and that we didn't get to see his sort of full potential unfold, but we know why, we know what happened and as an organization I can't imagine any other organization handling what we went through any better than the way first Amy Adams strong 
John Robinson, Mike Frabel, like they got us through all of that. And the transition to Tannehill is another, you know, in, in the, the Denver game, you know, putting Tannehill in and saying, all right, well, this is the direction we're going to go. Just seeing them operate as a as an organization gave me such hope as a fan. Like, you know what? It's tough right now. We're going through some struggles, but I really felt like we were good hands. So there was no one singular moment because then we had all these little moments, and they weren't so little. We've mentioned it: the Chargers game, the Chiefs game. You know, the the never say die attitude that we started believing in, and then watching Henry still continue what he did the season prior, how he left off, and just watching Henry do what he did and become the King Henry that we know him now. Like, so it's all of that in one stands out to me, but as far as the playoff run, getting to that specifically, obviously dethroning the Patriots wasn't as big to me as how we went to the Ravens and handled them. Like they were toddlers handled them. <laughs> and handled them like they were, um, <laughs> yeah. what's, uh, Handled them like they were the uh, ragdolls. What's what was? No, uh, an, another team that's really not been doing well. The Browns. The Browns. Browns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we started the season, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was. It was. It was amazing. So I loved beating the Patriots in Foxborough. But to me, I just knew that was going to happen. I just knew that was. You, it was just the writing was on the wall. The, all the pieces were in place. It was time. But for me, the one just the way we stomped the Ravens and told the world who we were, I I think everybody at that point thought, ooh, this team, this team right here, this team right here. Obviously, you know, what happened with the Chiefs, blah, blah, blah. But that moment, that moment, that game. And and if you were and if you were to put it down to one play, uh Derrick Henry turning Earl Thomas into his lead blocker was if you could put it all into one moment that one that's the moment that's my moment Kason. i've talked i've talked a mile to get to that one moment i remember screaming so loud that i think i think the neighbors heard me <laughs> uh when when we were going to the afc title game unfortunately i didn't know how that game would play out yeah. but it was still really exciting cuz i mean we were one game away from going to miami and yeah. and you know hope and and have and having a chance to finally to finally win. But look, only one team lifts the trophy every season, and that doesn't mean that there's 31 losers. You know, it's not the way it works. And I'm a I'm a huge huge believer in the the old adage and coach phrase. It's not whether you win or lose, but how you play the game. I know that sounds like like nobody wants to hear that if you just lost a game. But I believe in it because the whole point of packing 60,000 plus people into a stadium, yeah, you want to win. Of course, winning is the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal. And if you don't win, people get fired and it's, it's not good, obviously. We've been through that. Every team has. But it's the, it's the story that unfolds in those 60 minutes, you know, between the, between the lines, between the whistles. It's the story that's unfolding and it is how you play the game. And it is those moments because we didn't win a trophy this year or last year or the year before that. But in all that, we did have Derek's 99 yard run. We did have the chiefs victory, uh, you know, beating the chiefs on our field. We did have whooping up on Jacksonville over and over. We did, you know, it's like, we've, we're full of moments. So, you know, our run in the playoffs, no, we didn't win the Lombardi last year. We created one heck of a story. And it's a story that obviously right now you and I are still talking about fans everywhere are still talking about, are still holding on to that. You know, those stories matter. Those moments matter. 
that's what that's what lives on. Because if not, it, we're only just talking about you know Super Bowl wins, and it's more than that. So I love what the Titans are doing. I love the stories that we're creating, and uh, and we are a fun team to watch. That's right. I hope that this year it can be anything but nine seven. Ah, uh, well, you anything don't you, you don't want to go nine seven five in a row. Come on. No, uh, yeah, if we get into the playoffs, but I don't. Right. But I want to go like ten and six or something. I want a ten win season, bad man. I do. Or more. But I, we can or do more. more. Hey, uh, I'll take sixteen. I'll take sixteen if you got them. I want to sweep our division. I want to just own teams. That's what we want. But the NFL's tough. It's hard to do that. Um, the fact that we've got four winning seasons in a row and we're on this trajectory, we are a team to be reckoned with. Is there anything that you're working on that you are allowed um, to share with my listeners? Uh, Titans related or just personal? <laughs> um, Titan, um, Titans related. Yeah, I, I was going to say because I'm putting a garden in the backyard. I'm working on that. <laughs> uh, it's a rock garden. It's very cool. But that nice. is, no one cares about that. Uh, there's, <laughs> you know, there's there's some fun things going on behind the scenes right now with the Titans. We of course have the twenty uh, second element. Uh, on Facebook. It's a it's a private Facebook page for season ticket members. It's a fun place to be a part of if you're a season ticket member. It's the 22nd element because the 22nd element on the periodic table is, do you know it, Kaysen? Titanium? Yes! The man has a future in chemistry. Yes. <laughs> also, Derrick Henry's number, which we didn't plan that. That just happens. Great. 22. Anyway. So uh, coincidence, I think not. I think not. I think the universe wants us to be dominant. Uh, so that's the fun thing to do. Uh, we've got some cool incentives and prizes and whatnot. Uh, and there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes, but we're having to figure it out as we go, as is everybody in this day and age because of COVID. Everything is fluid. Trust me. I don't, I don't talk to the higher ups every day, but we talk. And uh, I hear what's going on behind the scenes. And I will say this, you know, the fan base and the NFL and the teams individually, like everybody pretty much knows everything. There's no big uh, conspiracy behind the scenes or the the team doesn't have this like greater knowledge of really what's going to happen. But right now it's, there's none of that. It's all taking what we've got what's coming in our way and dealing with it. And so right now, unfortunately, obviously the, the, the plan fan wise is sort of a limited engagement so far uh, for, for seeing live games inside Nissan stadium this year. I don't, I don't know what the future looks like. Nobody does, but I, I do know that behind the scenes, they're working their tails off. I'll say this case and as bad as it, it stinks, you right. Dealing with all this, like we're all in it together. Like, this is something we're all going to talk about for years. And we'll all talk about the pandemic season. We'll talk about the COVID season, you know, in terms of football and how it played out. It's, it's not fun, but we are all in this together. And football's not disappearing. And, I, and I, my heart goes out to you, Kaysen, and, and, and people your age and younger, because this has been the longest year of our lives, right? I mean... We're, what is it? It's July, end of July, almost August. We're recording this right now. You know, six months of this. You know, if this thing goes like it's going to go, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a year of dealing with this or more. And a year of a young person's life is a large percentage of your life. If you're 10 years old, one year is 10% of your life. If you're 40 plus like me, a year's not that much. <laughs> 
in percentage. It's not. And so, but, but, but so my perspective is skewed. Whereas like, that's a big weight on you, man. It's a lot for you to carry. So hang in there, you know, hang in there and know that, you know, my mom used to say this to me all the time, passage from the Bible, this too shall pass. This will pass. This will pass. But in the meantime, don't abandon, don't abandon the, the memories that we've created in Nissan. Cling to them harder. Don't abandon the future memories because they will be there again. Own this moment. Don't let COVID on you. Uh, I, I think that what I'm seeing from my perspective, Kaysen, is I'm online. I'm, we're talking to fans constantly. I see people coming together more, even though we physically shouldn't and can't. Um, we're, we're connecting more online. We're finding new ways to reach out and to be one as a fan base. You know, that's what I love about, you know, the Titans logo, the brand. It's like, it's a, it's a place for us all to come together and, and get through this together. And we will, we will, we'll have these great moments again. And, and, you know, Hey, as we roll forward, as football is played, fans or no fans, you know, if, if, if we're just talking what's happening on the field, you know, you're going to watch and you'll connect with your fans online and we'll get going. And then football will be the thing that, that we always need it to be a distraction for what we're dealing with in the real world, you know, so that I'm, I'm excited about the season coming forward. I'm about this excited about the season that we're about to, to see the season that's about to happen. Don't let COVID bring you down. Just focus on what we're doing. Just focus on the game and, and we'll get through it. We'll get through it. But man, I'm telling you, you look back on this and it'll be like, wow, we got through it. And wasn't that interesting or wasn't that neat or remember when, and it'll just be something you talk about, but head up, man, head up, chin up. The Titans are in this thing and we're going to take the field and we're going to take the, 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 the league by storm again. And Hey, COVID champs right here. That's, That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that inspirational speech. Virtual fist bumps. Hey, this virtual fist bumps right here. There we go. <laughs> yeah. We got this. Like you said, we got this. Okay. So before we go, I have three questions I ask each guest. Are you ready for yours? I am ready. Okay. What advice would you give your 11-year-old self? What advice would I give my 11-year-old self? That's a good question. Uh, Lots of advice, really. My 11-year-old self was kind of stupid. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Daring, we'll say. Daring. I won't say stupid. Uh, what advice would I give my 11 year old self? I would tell my 11 year old self to not be so heavily influenced uh, by the world and more specifically the entertainment I consume. In other words, you know, we're, we're a product of, of the things that we indulge in, you know, the things we watch, the music we listen to, um, be, be more true to myself. I, I moved a lot as a kid always trying to fit in maybe tried a little too hard in that department so uh my 11 year old self hey lance 11 year old lance be cool man pay attention to to uh to the world around you that's what i would say do you know what i mean by that nice do you get that do you does that yeah you know so it's like you know that you get the things that you watch influence you you become that yeah okay cool was there a mentor mentor or teacher that really inspired you when you were growing up? Honestly, I mean, I could think about, yeah, I had some teachers in high school, Ms. Freeman, psychology teacher in high school. She was one of the first teachers, I think, that really uh, looked, <laughs> not at me, but through me. 
And I was really interested in psychology. Human behavior is, a, I mean, if you're an actor or a director or anybody in film, like that's, that is a study in human behavior and taking psychology really opened that up for me. But Ms. Freeman reached out to me, not just as some goofy teenage student in her class. She, um, she inspired me in a lot of ways, opened my mind up in a lot of ways and things that gave me, uh, you know, gave me things to think about and ponder uh, and research. And um, she opened my, my mind up a lot. Ms. Freeman and Ms. Reynolds, my speech teacher, she inspired me uh, to be the guy that you see on the field really, Miss Reynolds. And then ultimately, I know you said one and I'm giving you three. Those teachers were huge for me, Miss Freeman and Miss Reynolds. Uh, but all in all, my mother, uh, my, I, my mom. Is, no, yeah, my mom is my biggest hero I've met. Also one of the smallest people I know. She's barely five feet. But she, my brother, my brother has uh, Angelman syndrome. He uh, can't speak. He's 31 now and uh, lives at home. You know, and so he's, he's kind of a big toddler in many ways, um, kind of an eight-year-old mind in a lot of other ways. Uh, and he just, he takes a lot of special care. And at that age, you know, my, my, he's always sort of been my mom's little boy. I mean, I'm 10 years, almost 11 years older than he is. Uh, but just watching my mom, and we moved everywhere, just watching her, you know, hold the house together and raise him and me. Um, and then, you know, I watched her have different jobs. She went to college late in life. Studied psychology too, which is cool. My mom is is one of the strongest people I know. So her ability to always, I mean, she's the person that always said, you know, you got to look at the world, glass is half full, this too shall pass. My mother's wisdom just rattles around in my brain. And she's also kind of my conscious. So every time I'm about to do something that I probably know I shouldn't, it's my mother's voice. Now, Lance, you sure? You sure about that? That really, honey, what that you want to be doing that? She doesn't, she, she doesn't sound like that. Uh, that's, that's not a bad thing, though, I think. Kaysen, let me, Kaysen, the woman, this woman sitting right next to you, listen to her. I will. Per- period. I love that. Awesome. Okay, so finally... Pizza or steak? Pizza or steak? This is a good question. I'll keep it simple. Steak, baby. Do you know why I say steak? Because steak is special, right? I mean, you can get pizza anywhere, anytime. And pizza is good. Don't get me wrong. I love pizza. But steak is special. Steak is special. Medium rare. Nice and thick. Steak. What about you? I like pizza, but I like steak. I guess guess I'll go with steak. You ever had steak on your pizza? No. It's special. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Lance, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and my mom today. This was really cool. Thanks for coming on the show. Kaysen, thank you so much for having me. You're a total pro. Uh, You and your mom have made me feel very welcome here, and I I don't feel so lonely here uh, during this this pandemic. Uh, But I can't wait to see you at Nissan face to face again in the future. Let me tell you something, it will happen. So uh, hold hold tight to that, buddy. We're going to get through this. Uh, But keep doing what you're doing. This is fantastic. I love this podcast. Uh, And you got to do you got to do more of these. You can you can hit me. Hey, we'll do it again. And you can hit me with some even harder questions next time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, man. Thank you. 